This is Case Closed, crime stories from the golden age of radio. This is Case Closed, your weekly hour of old-time radio crime and mystery. This week's show begins with Crime Does Not Pay, in their episode from November 7th, 1949, titled Trigger Man's Mall. After that, it's Hearthstone of the Death Squad and the Unheeded Warning Murder Case. That story first aired August 30th, 1951. Crime does not pay. My advice to you, Mrs. Foster, is talk. Not me. Nobody makes me talk. You're going before the grand jury in three days. You'll have to talk. If you don't admit what we know you know, Mrs. Foster, you'll be indicted for perjury. So what? You think I care? Will you support me? Will your grand jury pass the hat or something? They'd rather look at my legs. They'd pay for that all right if I was still in show business. And get this, you great, big, legal hotshot. My husband is worth more to me dead than alive. In the interest of good citizenship and law enforcement, we present Crime Does Not Pay, based on a famous Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer series of short subjects. In just a moment, you will hear Trigger Man's Mall, starring Nancy Kelly. Does Not Pay, starring Nancy Kelly as Liza Foster in Trigger Man's Mall. There is a big business in America called simply organized crime. Its tentacles spread into many parts of American life. And when one is cut off, others seem to grow in its place. This is the surface pattern. But beneath the surface, this kind of crime is as complex and highly organized as any huge legitimate corporation. There's a board of directors. There are contact men and salesmen. There are distributors and collectors. And when the collectors fail, there are agencies whose sole duty it is to bring the delinquent account to organized crime's own particular brand of bankruptcy. That's him, Tootsie, that's him. Croker, can't you whisper? Not since I took a slug in my windpipe. You see him? Just passed under that lamppost. Okay, I got him. Beat it. You don't have to tell me, Tootsie. You don't have to tell me. Sorry, Allie. You didn't pay off. They're about due. The car is gray. Spotlight on the driver's side. They'll take the corner pretty fast. Ready, Swifty? I'm in first. All I gotta do is let out the clutch. Watch it, Tootsie. It's him, Tootsie. Heard you the first time, Croker. Okay, Swifty. Hey, 
I'd like to hear the radio. More coffee, Charlie? Oh, thanks. No, Liza. Makes me nervous. Can't do my best work. Andy, dear? Yeah, a little. Bank killing last Stay quiet. Winter. I want to hear this, fellow. And the rapid succession of killings in recent weeks points to a rising crime wave in this city. Why hasn't the city administration done something? In the last case, the machine gunning of Casey Carter's automobile on Prince Street in broad daylight, only a miracle saved passers-by from injury and death. When will something be done? <laughs> I thought he had something. <laughs> oh, do they ever. Just talk. Well, Tootsie, my boy... Why do you always call him Tootsie? His name is Andrew. Andrew Foster. It's just a nickname, Liza. Like mine, the bug. Oh, for heaven's sake. Do men ever grow up? Only when it's time to go to the office, darling. Which is right now. Uh, where's my briefcase, dear? No, on the hall table with your hat. Uh, home early? Well, I... I don't know. Charlie, make him leave the office early tonight. I want to see that picture down the street. Liza, your word is our command. Mr. Forster, you are leaving early tonight. And thanks for the breakfast, Liza. Wish I were lucky enough to be married. Good morning, Mr. Foster. Good morning, Daisy. Mr. Morgan. Good morning, Daisy. Any mail, Daisy? It's on your desk, Mr. Foster. There's a special memo for you right on top, sir. Oh, thanks. See you later, Charlie. Right. Lunch, maybe, if you're not too busy? Maybe so. Daisy, did you type this memo I have from Mr. Ennis? Yes, sir. About the matter you're to look into at 419 Oleander Place. Yeah, that's the one. Who's the commission agent on the deal? Uh, Mr. Croker Thompson, I believe, sir. Thank you, Daisy. Oh, Daisy, if my wife calls while I'm out, tell her I expect to be finished early so she can look for me around 4.30 this afternoon. <laughs> you using today? My Luger, why? Ah, I was hoping it was going to be your rifle. Boy, you're sweet with a rifle. None better. <laughs> Thank you, Swifty. I like those jobs myself. Especially that last one with the telescopic sight. Uh-uh. Start your motor, Swifty. Right. Uh, is that him with, uh, with Croker? That's him. Look at him smile. Yeah. Not a worry in the world. Not in a minute, he won't have. Unlock your door for Croker. Yep. What you waiting for, Tootsie? I don't waste ammunition. So, like I was saying, there ain't a reason in the world why you should be sore, Jersey. Not a reason. Swifty, my pal. Hi, old timer. Get in, Croker. Swim that door. Right there, I thought you'd never pull that trigger. I did. Where to, Tootsie? Well, we'll drop Croker, and then you come on home for a drink. I feel glad to see you. This is us, Swifty. Third floor front. Oh, not a bad layout. Not bad at all. Beauty of it is, there's a fire stair built into the house. Two exits. Get it? Not gaudy, but neat. Is that you, Andy? Yes, dear. Swifty's with me. <laughs> you don't have to warn me, darling. 
Charlie and Elaine are inside. Oh, that's nice. Hi, Miss Foster. Hello, Mr. Reynolds. I, uh, I heard about Charlie's girl. She, everything they say she is? You will see in a minute. Living room's this way. Right. Yes. Now, that's what I told And he's here, Mr. Reynolds. Oh. oh, hey, Tootsie and Swifty. Sorry I missed lunch, fellow. Hello, Elaine. <laughs> the poor working man. Well, you keep bankers hours. Uh, just about. Oh, Elaine, this is Swifty huh? Reynolds. Mr. Reynolds, uh, Miss Carteret. Mm-hmm. Hello, Mr. Reynolds. How are you, Miss Carteret? Everything okay today downtown, Tootsie? Right as rain. How was the market? Not bad. I'd say uh, bullish as far as we're concerned. Yeah, always is. Well, things always go well when men enjoy their work. I don't believe anybody enjoys work after a while. Well, maybe a change of scene would do you some good. I don't see what you two have to complain about. I think Charlie whenever he's free, but you two. Oh, gee whiz. Sometimes a man thinks of retiring, you know. <laughs> oh, you are tired, darling. Maybe it's because I just don't see an end anywhere. What do you mean, partner? Nothing, I guess. You must mean something. Yeah, something. Why don't you let him be? He's tired. I'm tired of a lot of things. Just Well, when things get routine, when it's too easy to do any kind of a job, you begin to get a sort of a conscience. Is that it? A conscience? Maybe so. I never quite thought of it like that before. You better say that again, Swifty. Well, I, uh, I uh, wouldn't have thought anything. Uh, only the day after he said that about a conscience, it took him two shots to complete a deal. And that ain't like Dutchie. No, it isn't. Maybe he doesn't like his work anymore. Could be. All right, Swifty, you can go. Charlie, the bug is outside. Tell him to wait a few minutes. Yes, sir, outside. Well, Vic? He's a good man, Jonesy. Was a good man. You seem pretty sure. He's showing all the symptoms. After a while, none of them can take it. Mm. What about his wife? A smart babe. She don't have to know. And if she guesses, she'll keep her mouth shut. Besides, without a corpus delicti... Hmm. All right, I'll get Charlie. Now, there's a good man. Come in, Charlie. Right. Well, Vic, John G. Yeah. Soon? In cases like this, the sooner the better. I'm his best friend. You know the rules, who else? Where? You pick it. Disposal? Call Daisy. Ask her for the disposal squad. All right. When? Tomorrow morning. After breakfast. Elaine called me yesterday, Andy. Did I tell you? No. Anything special? She wants us to meet her and Charlie for dinner tonight. Well, if I can... Oh, you're not going out of town again. I had a note from Vic yesterday late. He said I might have to. Oh. Where's Charlie this morning? I'm picking him up at Max's. Oh, that's funny. Why? Well, he's always here. Even Charlie likes to change the routine once in a while for luck. I see. For luck. Don't you believe him? Charlie never needs luck. Every man needs it sometimes. It's when his luck runs out. Uh, well... Andy, I'm... I'm worried about you. You've... You've been so upset lately. Me? Upset? Look at that hand. 
Deadly as a rock. Let's see now. Briefcase, top coat, hat. Andy, kiss me, please. Sure, sure. How's that? No, no, Andy. Like this. Well, I would think he was going off to the moon, not just out of the office. Goodbye, darling. Goodbye, darling. Tootsie. Oh, good morning, Charlie. Where's Max? Stepped out for a few minutes. Don't move, Tootsie. It'll be quicker that way. Too bad you had to get a conscience. Too bad. Charlie, I think... Daisy, this is the bug. There's a situation at Max's place needs clearing up. Send the disposal squad over at once. In just a moment, Crime Does Not Pay will continue with Trigger Man's Mall. Continue with Crime Does Not Pay, starring Nancy Kelly as Liza Foster in Trigger Man's Mall. Liza said goodbye to Tootsie that last morning without a second thought. When he failed to come home that night, she felt certain he'd been called away suddenly, and she'd hear from him in a day or so. A day went by, and another, and still another. Just silence. She ran into Charlie on the street the fourth day Tootsie was unheard from. But, but don't you know, Charlie? Tootsie didn't say a word. But that's so funny. I, I thought you of all people... Well, you know how it is in business. Yes, yes, I, I suppose I do. Take it easy, kid. Tootsie's probably someplace where he can't get in touch with anybody. That's all. May I, may I speak with Daisy, please? This is Daisy. Oh, this is Mrs. Foster, Daisy. Oh, yes, Mrs. Foster. I wouldn't bother you at the office, but I haven't had any word of my husband for a week now. Do you know where he went? I'm sorry, Mrs. Foster, but we have absolutely no information as to his present whereabouts. I, I see. I'm awfully glad you came over, Elaine. It's dull here, alone. How's Charlie? <laughs> Fresh and smooth as ever. You know, he hasn't been here in two weeks. Not since the morning before Tootsie went away. Ah, he's been pretty busy. You know, it's funny in a way. For weeks, that man of yours dropped in here every morning to go downtown with Tootsie and... 
The first morning he doesn't show up is the day Tootsie goes away and doesn't come back. Aren't you adding two and two and getting five, Liza? Maybe not. I'd like to see Charlie. Why don't, why don't you both come over some evening? We'll have some fun. <laughs> Three's a crowd, Liza, dear. <laughs> well, tell Charlie to bring a friend for me. I'm young, Elaine, and not too bad looking. I, I don't expect to spend my life just looking at these four walls, you know. Excuse me, dear. Of course, darling. Uh, hello, Miss Foster. Swifty, won't you come in? Uh, sorry, Miss Foster, uh, no time just now. Um, I have an envelope for you. Pussy's okay. You'll hear from me. Swifty. Uh, so long, Miss Foster. I'll be saying. Goodbye, Swifty. An envelope. Well, you won't learn anything from the outside of it. Hmm? Oh, no, no, I, I suppose not. Mmm, long green, isn't it? A pretty picture. It's a nice round number, too. A hundred bucks. From Tootsie, do you think? You heard what Swifty said. He didn't say the money came from Tootsie. Oh, let's see now. Uh, I got it. To the guy who gave his wife the happiest two years of her life by staying away from her. <laughs> yeah, oh. ten thousand dollars, ten G's, as ten grand. Hey, what's with you, honey? Money in the bank? I'm figuring one hundred weeks and a hundred a week, ten thousand smackers. Any man worth that? Hey, what started? My this? insurance policy. Every week I get a hundred dollars from Tootsie. Hey, you know I almost forgot about that? Not bad, though, is it? All you gotta do is sit here quietly. It's worth five G's every year. <laughs> Tootsie was a good provider, but never that good. Well, Swifty isn't pretty, but I sure enjoy it. Liza, shut up. What's that racket out there? Liza, put our glasses away. Drop the ashtrays quickly. You've been here alone. Grab your head, Elaine. Elaine, Elaine, you mink. You don't want the cops to get that to you. You know the way, Charlie. Tootsie's fire tower, the second exit? You bet. Come on, Elaine. You see, I never went through a way before. Just a minute. Stop the stalling, sister, and open up. This is police, and we've got a warrant. Don't you think you are being unreasonable, Mrs. Forster? Not in the least. We have every reason to believe that your husband was killed. And according to the rules, by the man who was his best friend. But you insist he's merely disappeared. And that's all you know, too. Voltaire, bring in your friend. Yes, sir. I wouldn't be too sure about our not hooking you up to this operation, Mrs. Forster. In here, you. All right, all right. Take it easy, will you? Well, Mrs. Forster? I never saw this man in my life before. Did you hear that, Swift? Yeah, I heard, I heard. She's lying. Every week, for two solid years, I brought her the insurance. A hundred bucks a week. Fifty from Vic Ennis, fifty from Jonesy Johnson. Ten grand she's had, I told you. You're a liar. You heard her, Swift? Yeah, I hear, I hear. She's lying. I'm telling you the truth. You gotta believe me, you gotta... I believe you, but without corroboration, a jury won't. Oh. Oh, I get it. That's why I'm here. Exactly, Mrs. Forster. Well, of course, I'm not familiar with such things, but... Isn't there a code that governs these matters, and doesn't that code provide definite penalties for for informers 
Ready, Volterra? Yes, sir. Plugged in, threaded, and focused. Now then, Mrs. Forster. Yes, so nice of you to provide movies, Mr. District Attorney, and write in your own office to a feature picture. Yes, featuring you. All right, Sergeant. Yes, sir. I want you to watch these pictures carefully, Mrs. Forster. Your friend, Swifty Reynolds. I told you, I never saw him before in my life. While you and your husband and several others were vacationing on the beach at Miami. You see, there you are. You're charming in a bathing suit, Mrs. Forster. That is not me. That's somebody you'd like a jury to think in. There's your husband. And there's a close-up of Vic Ennis lighting your cigarette. And, of course, you recognize Charlie and Elaine. I never went to Miami. Never. You seem to be having a fine time in Miami in those movies, Mrs. Forster. I never saw any of those people, any of them. Do you get it? All right, Sergeant. Yes? Uh, Well, all right. Go to it. Sergeant, take this Jane back to her room. The boys have located Charlie and his mall over at a place called Max's. Let's go. Give me another one, Ellie. I'm loading as fast as I can. Not fast enough. When I find a rat who tipped off the flesh. Get away from the window. Want, this is what they put you in with me. You told. You squeal on Charlie and they shot him in the Shut belly. Shut up, you idiot. It was pussy red. I'll kill you. Let me get my hands on you. I'll kill stay you. Stay away from me now. Stay away Charlie from me. Charlie's dying with a bullet in his guts and you did it. You did it because you know he did what... Elaine, <laughs> Elaine, let go. Let, <laughs> you let go with my bare hands. My hands. Let go my hands. For two years, I kept my mouth shut. My man bleeded two years, and I never bleeded once. But you, you dirty blonde, you have the gall. All right, break it up, both of you. That's enough. You're there. You killed my Charlie. Come along, Mrs. Foster. The DA wants you. My advice to you, Mrs. Foster, is talk. Not me. Nobody makes me talk. You're going before the grand jury in three days. You'll have to talk. What for? I'm not afraid of that dirty blonde you pushed in with me, and I'm not afraid of you or any other district attorney. If you don't admit what we know you know, Mrs. Forster, you'll be indicted for perjury. So what? You think I care? Will you support me? Will your grand jury pass the hat or something? They'd rather look at my legs. They'd pay for that if I was still in show business, and... And get this, you great, big, legal hotshot. My husband is worth more to me dead than alive. Eliza Foster, it is my duty as the judge in this court to sentence you for the crime of perjury of which you have been duly convicted. I am limited in this duty by what the penal code of this state provides. I wish I could send you away forever. You and all the people like you who are intelligent enough to know better, but who pander to and work with organized crime for nothing more than greed and money. However, under the law, I am limited as follows. 
two and a half to five years in state prison and a fine of $10,000. If you are unable to pay that fine out of your funds, I direct the parole board to extend your term in prison at their discretion. All right, take her out. Oh, no. Now it's your turn. But I'll get out. You can keep me there ten years, but you'll not get one cent of my money. Not you, nor the DA, nor any of your flight hops. And when I get out, and when I get out... Crime does not pay. Nancy Kelly, who was starred as Liza Foster in Trigger Man's Mall, will be back with you in just a moment. Now, here in person is Nancy Kelly. Liza Foster seems like a strange and fictitious character, I know, but even so, she's a little frightening. And when you realize that such a person really lived, a woman who refused to identify the man who murdered her husband, it all becomes even more frightening. The counterparts of Liza, of Tootsie, of Charlie were real people, the kind of real people who live on and on through highly organized crime. But it must be remembered that organized crime obtains its foothold in any community largely through the indifference of decent citizens. And what costly indifference. Yes, costly in money and safety and even in the lives of people like you and like me. Believe me, there's much that you as good citizens can do to head off organized crime, to prevent people like these from, from riding roughshod through our community. It's a warning to decent citizens as well as to potential criminals when we tell you that crime does not pay. Thank you, Nancy Kelly. Crime Does Not Pay is written by Ira Marion and directed by Mark D. Lowe, with music composed and conducted by John Gart. Technical advisor is Burton B. Turkis. The events, characters, and names used in the story you've just heard are fictitious. Any similarity is purely coincidental. Radio again presents the famous Stone of the Death Squad, implacable manhunter of the Metropolitan Police in one of his greatest investigations, entitled The Unheeded Warning Murder Case, with Ronald Long as Elliot Lindsay and Florence Williams as Della Parker. <laughs> Inspector Hearthstone of the Death Squad in the unheeded warning murder case. The scene opens in the front office of the Lindsay Messenger Service, whose business is the delivery of messages and small parcels. A pretty girl is seated at a desk. 
She looks up, surprised, as the door opens, and a young man, obviously excited, enters. The girl is Della Parker. The young man is Phil Richards, a newspaper reporter, Della's fiancé. And we hear Della say the words that lead to violence and murder. Oh, Phil, this is a surprise. What are you doing here? Della, quick. Put on your hat. You've got to get out of this place. Oh, you sound as dramatic as one of your stories in the paper, Phil. I've come to warn you, Della. Well, all right, I'm warned, but what about? Hurry, Della. I'll tell you on the way out. Oh, you sound awfully silly, Phil, but I love you anyway. Della, please be serious. You're in real danger here. But what on earth are you talking about? This place. The Lindsay Messenger Service isn't what you think it is. Oh, are you trying to kid me, Phil? Certainly I'm not. This place isn't a messenger service at all. It's the front for one of the worst criminal operations in New York. Well, don't be silly. My city editor, Martin Bayer, just gave me the lowdown on what goes on in this place. What goes on here? He's ready to blow the whole dirty business wide open. And when he does, one of the biggest stories of crime and murder the paper has ever printed will flash across the front page and rock the town. Oh, Phil, you talk like a scene from a 10, 20, 30 melodrama. All right, don't listen to me, Della. Treat me like an idiot, but whatever you do, come with me now. Quit this job. Get away from this place before something happens to you. If you think I'm going to give up a job paying $100 a week because of some wild idea born in a newspaper office, well, I won't do it. It's stupid. If you want to know, I'm going to keep this job until long after we're married. It's no wild idea, and Martin Bayard is not the kind of city editor who chases rainbows. I order you, Della, to leave here now. You order me, do you? Well, you can't order me to do anything. I didn't know I was marrying a fool. But don't say I didn't warn you. What a stubborn imbecile you are. Goodbye. Probably you've been reading too many detective stories. Guess he didn't hear that. Anyway, nothing's happened but a kiss won't cure tonight. Hi, beautiful. Where's your boss? If you mean Mr. Lindsay, he's in his office. And don't call me beautiful. Who shall I tell Mr. Lindsay wants to see him? You're telling him nothing, baby. I'm going in there. That's his door, ain't it? But you can't see Mr. Lindsay without being announced. No, get out of my way. I'm going in. You You stay right here, kid. Well, Lindsay. Who are you? And what's your business? So you don't know Bash Kegel, eh? Try something new, Lindsay. I repeat, I don't know you. Well, we're going to get acquainted fast, Lindsay. I'm the Bash Kegel you're trying to throw to the cops. And I just dropped by to tell you. One more chip and I'll kill you. I've got my foot on an alarm bell. It'll bring everybody in this office here. Now get this. Bash Kegel, if that's your name. I don't know you. I've never seen you. You've got the wrong idea somewhere. Any more of that, Lindsay, and I'll kill you right now. When I mentioned the alarm bell to you, I didn't mention this gun in my hand. Now leave. Get out! So that's it, huh? Okay, I'll leave. But on my way out, I'll count that dame on the dome. The one who tried to keep me out of here. No, you won't leave by that door. You'll leave through this back door right here. Now move. I don't know, Della. They came from the back hallway. I look out there. I'll open the door. Oh, that man's been murdered. The man who forced his way into your office. Oh, how terrible. I'll call the police, Della. So 
once again the steely, cold hearthstone of the death squad and his assistant detective Sam Cook find themselves on the scene of a strange and puzzling murder. And we hear Inspector Hearthstone with Della Parker and her employer, Mr. Lindsay, as he says, So, your story, Mr. Lindsay, is that a man you had never seen before forced his way into your office, threatened to kill you, left by the back door which you had closed upon him, and was shot down in this hallway about ten feet from the door of this office. I'm sure he was insane, Inspector Hearthstone. He forced his way into my office. That's just what happened, Inspector. I'm Della Parker, Mr. Lindsay's confidential secretary. The man rushed in with a mad look in his eyes, wouldn't let me announce him, pushed me aside, and forced his way into Mr. Lindsay's office and slammed the door. So you were not in Mr. Lindsay's office while this man was talking to him? No, Della was outside in the reception room. But you see, Inspector Hearthstone, she confirms my story exactly. So I should expect from your secretary, Mr. Lindsay... Confirming employer's story is part of a secretary's job. But I wonder, will she confirm whatever explanation you make of that forty-five caliber gun on your desk? A gun? Oh, Mr. Lindsay usually keeps that in his safe. I have no idea how it got there, Inspector. I used it to frighten the man away, Inspector. Remember, he was threatening to kill me. Why? I don't know. Detective Cook, Sam, hand me that gun, please. Sure, Inspector. Hmm. I see it hasn't been fired. Not much evidence, is there, Inspector Hearthstone? A gun that hasn't been fired? And the body of a man out there I've never set eyes on before. I wonder who he was. I can tell you, Mr. Lindsay. His name is Bash Cagle, and his business is that of a dope peddler. What? And your business is that of a messenger and parcel delivery service. Oh, how dreadful. What's dreadful, Della? Well, she may be formulating the idea, Mr. Lindsay, that a parcel delivery service would be an excellent way to distribute dope. But we'll drop that for the moment. Inspector Hearthstone, this excited girl is putting ideas into your mind. She hasn't the haziest idea of what this business is. Perhaps you should find a less excitable secretary, Mr. Lindsay. Probably safer. Della. Oh, Della, I was afraid it was you. Oh, darling, I'm so frightened. What's this? Phil Richards from the Evening Star, Inspector Hearthstone. Oh, now I recall him, Detective Cook. Hello, Phil. What brings you here? I came to cover the story and to get Della out of here, Inspector Hearthstone. Phil and I are to be married, Inspector. Oh, Phil, I should have listened to you this morning. This morning? Were you here before this murder occurred, Phil? Yes, about an hour before, Inspector Hearthstone. Looks like this guy gets in early, Inspector. Covers a murder story before the murder comes off. Fast work, Phil. That's a point, Sam. Why were you here this morning, Phil? He came to warn me, Inspector Hostel. That's it, Inspector. I had a tip from my city editor, Martin Bayard, that he was ready to blow this Lindsay Messenger Service outfit to the sky. Said he just about had the goods that it was the cover for a big crime ring. What kind of ring, Phil? Well, Bayard didn't tell me. He's a pretty secretive sort of a guy until he gets a story all lined up and tied together. But believe me, he's got one, or he wouldn't be saying anything. Phil came here terribly upset, Inspector Hearthstone, to have me leave my job, and I was silly enough to laugh at him. I called it melodrama. Phil, get your city editor, Martin Bayard, to the phone for me. Okay, Inspector. Park Row 8, 9970, and be quick. Hello, Star Office. This is Phil Richards. Put me on to Bayard at the city desk. What? 
Oh, that's impossible. When? Wait. Let me tell this to Inspector Hearthstone. Listen, Inspector. Martin Bayard was shot down by a machine gun fire. What? They got him just as he was stepping into a lunchroom behind the newspaper office less than five minutes ago. So Bayard's story on the Lindsay Messenger Service was stopped by the hand of death. And I think I've got the answer, Inspector Hearthstone. This man, Lindsay, here, undoubtedly overheard me warning Della this morning and tipped his mob to bump off Bayard. It could be, Phil. Now, Lindsay... I didn't overhear anything, Inspector Hearthstone. I didn't even know this reporter was in here talking to Della. It's ridiculous. And why, in the name of heaven, should I want the city editor of the Evening Star murdered? As the evidence in this case unfolds itself, the answer to that question may be revealed, Lindsay. In the meanwhile, let's go back to the murdered dope peddler in the hall, Bash Cagle. His body, at least, is on these premises. May I point out to you, Inspector Hearthstone, that there is only a single set of footprints on the floor, leading from this office to his body, his footsteps, and no others? No, you needn't, Lindsay. I noted that interesting fact myself. That's why I didn't approach the body. Well, that makes it pretty clear, doesn't it, that I didn't follow him down the hallway and kill him? Unless there's some very clever trick that I haven't caught on to as yet... Well, nobody ever goes down that hall. That is, except very seldom. The floor was waxed this morning. The only person walking over it was the murdered man. Hmm, so it seems. Now, tell me, Mr. Lindsay, did you use the phone after the murder? Only to call the police, Inspector Hearthstone. Isn't that true, Della? Well, I don't know, Mr. Lindsay. That is... That is what, Della? Well, I'm sure, Inspector Hearthstone, that Mr. Lindsay did not use the phone. Detective Cook... Sam, what did you find out from the elevator man? He says he brought two tough-looking characters up here, Inspector, but they never came down with him. This is only the third floor. I'd be a cinch to get away down the stairs. Very well. And, Sam, there's a man looking out of the back office near Bash Cagle's body. I think he wants to talk to me. How do you know? Okay, I'll get him. Come on, mister. Inspector wants you. Certainly, officer. I've got a note for the inspector. You won't get anything out of him, Inspector Hearthstone. He's only the man who handles the parcels, Henry Jones. Oh, thank you, Lindsay. But I'll find out for myself. Hey, yeah, Inspector Hearthstone. Your name is Henry Jones? What's your story? No story at all, Inspector Hearthstone. I just wanted to give you this note that I found. Oh, thanks, Mr. Jones. I'll look at it. What's in that note, Jones? Nothing of immediate interest to you, Lindsay. I think I take the point, Mr. Jones. We'll arrange it just as this note suggests. And read this note. I think it's a trick, Inspector Hearthstone. I'm not so sure, Sam. Come on, let's go back to headquarters. Back to headquarters, Inspector, with everything hanging in the air? I don't catch you on. Come on, Sam. Oh, uh, thank you, Mr. Lindsay, for your help. I shall see you later. After your establishment has been gone over with a fine-tooth comb. Searched? What? And if you're interested in what I'm looking for, it's dope, narcotics, drugs. Goodbye. What about me and Della, Inspector Hearthstone? Oh, write your story for the newspaper, Phil, about this murder and about the killing of your city editor, Martin Bayard. Then look after your fiancée. I think she may be ready now to stop laughing at your warnings. This note from that guy, Henry Jones, looks tricky to me, Inspector Hearthstone. It says, 
Can I see you at police headquarters? Have the evidence you want. Afraid to talk here. I'm the party who was given Bayard, city editor of the Evening Star, the lowdown. Henry Jones. Mm, the note can be a trick, Sam. Or it can be legitimate. When we talk to Henry Jones, we'll soon find out. My hunches will get nothing. <laughs> And Detective Sam Cooke was right. For while he and Inspector Hearthstone are on their way back to headquarters, this scene takes place with Henry Jones in his employer's office. We hear Mr. Lindsay, the employer, saying, You'll tell me what that note you wrote to Hearthstone was, Jones, or you're out of a job. It's got nothing to do with you, Mr. Lindsay, believe me. Were you by any chance making a date to talk to Hearthstone outside of this office? Where you could talk and talk and talk? Feed him a lot of eyewash about what you think goes on here. No, I'm not meeting that cop anywhere. Never had such an idea. That's the phone ringing in your office, Jones. Go answer it and then come back here. All right. I'll be right back, Mr. Lindsay. Hello? Hello? Hey. What is this? What are you doing? No! No, don't! Don't kill me! Another mystery high spot on your CBS radio roster, formerly at this time, is the lineup. The lineup, taking you behind the scenes into police cases and authentic police methods, brings you stories of troubled human beings on both sides of the law. Exciting manhunts colored only by reality itself. From now on, the lineup will be heard Wednesday evening over most of these same CBS radio stations. And now... Back to Hearthstone of the Death Squad and the unheeded warning murder case. When sudden murder strikes in the offices of the Elliot Lindsay Messenger Service, Inspector Hearthstone recognizes the victim as Bash Cagle, a notorious dope peddler. And he looks with suspicion upon Elliot Lindsay, especially when Phil Richards, a newspaper reporter, in love with Lindsay's beautiful secretary, Della Parker, tells Inspector Hearthstone that his city editor, Martin Bayard, has information that the Lindsay Messenger Service is being used to distribute dope. Then, Martin Bayard is murdered, and a note is delivered to Hearthstone from Henry Jones, a clerk in Elliot Lindsay's office, saying he has the evidence that will point out the murderer. Now it is a short time later. The scene is police headquarters, and we hear Inspector Hearthstone saying to Detective Sam Cook. Well, Henry Jones should be here any minute now, Sam. I still say the guy's a phony. Uh, Inspector Hearthstone speaking. Inspector Hearthstone, this is Elliot Lindsay. Another murder's been committed here in my office. The man, Henry Jones, who gave you that note has been shot, stone dead. A couple of policemen are here already, but I thought I'd better phone you myself. Put one of those policemen on the line, Lindsay. Uh, officer, Inspector Hearthstone wants to speak to you. This is Officer Kenny, Inspector. Take Elliot Lindsay, head of Lindsay Messenger Service, in custody, officer. Bring him in handcuffed. 
Have the offices surrounded so nobody can get in or out and act at once. Goodbye. That's the third guy to go, Inspector. Yes, and if we're not careful, Sam, it won't be the last. Well, Sam, see if you can reach Phil Edwards, Richards at his uh, newspaper. Tell him I want to see him. Tell him to hurry over here. Well, that's I... a coincidence. I had a flash you'd want me, Inspector Hearthstone, so here I am. Oh, splendid, Phil. I see you brought Della with you. Oh, it was dreadful, Inspector. Phil and I hadn't even left the Lindsay offices when that poor, harmless old man, Henry Jones, was killed. He was in Lindsay's office, Inspector. Murdered in Lindsay's office? No, not killed there, but I heard them quarreling to Inspector Hearthstone in Mr. Lindsay's office. And then Henry Jones went to answer his phone, and he was shot in his own little cubbyhole. It's a cinch Lindsay did it, Inspector. Now, Della. Tell Inspector Hearthstone what you told me about Lindsay's phone call before my city editor was killed. Well, don't hold back. There's nothing to be afraid of, Della. Well, I heard Mr. Lindsay on the phone calling somebody this morning after the first murder. And he said Phil City Editor Martin Bayard usually ran out for a sandwich at a lunch counter behind the newspaper office at about 2 o'clock every day. So there you are, Inspector. There's your case. It seems that way, Phil. But every indication is that Lindsay was not working alone. The dope racket embraces many men, many killers. I want them all. That's what my murdered city editor told me, Inspector. And by the way, I went through his private file and found one very peculiar thing. Phil, isn't it enough that three people have been killed already for talking without your taking a chance? Oh, so please get out of this case. I'm frightened, terribly frightened for you. Well, I'm a newspaper reporter, Della. I write what I see, and I tell the police what I know. Please, Phil, I'm so frightened. You, you must take care of me. Why, with all those people being killed from that horrible Lindsay Messenger Service office, I'm afraid to go home. I know somebody will kill me. I'll, I'll sit up all night. I won't go to bed. Oh, easy, sweetheart. I've thought of that myself. So I've told my mother you'll stay with her until this is over. Oh, Phil, that's just what I hoped you'd say. Your mother's a darling. Uh, let me ask you, Phil... Did you bring those notes you took from your murdered city editor's private file with you? No, but I can get them, Inspector Hearthstone. Mm -hmm. After I've taken Della to my mother's, I'll go back to the newspaper and pick them up. I'll bring them to you then. Is that all right? Phil, wouldn't it be quicker if we passed by the newspaper office on our way to your mother's? You could get those papers then, and as soon as you've left me at mother's, then take a taxi and be back here in a few minutes? Oh, that's an idea, Della. I'll be back, Inspector Hearthstone, that way before ten. Excellent, Phil. Uh, you and Della had better run along now. Go through the door at the left. Come on, Della. See you about ten, Inspector Hearthstone. Bye. Bye. Yes, come in. I've got that man Lindsay outside, Inspector Hearthstone. You want him up here now? Yes, Officer Kinney. Bring him in. I'll go with you, Kinney, and get him myself. No, no, Sam. Let Kinney get him. And you hurry down and put a good man, a top man, on the job of trailing Phil and Della. Don't stand staring at me, Sam. Get on with it. I'm sorry, Inspector. I'll put one of the boys on the trail right away. So Richard and Bella Parker. Well, hurry, Sam. Here's Lindsay, Inspector. Inspector Hearthstone, if you're arresting me for murder, you're on the wrong street. Why, Lindsay? Because I didn't kill anybody. It's more likely I myself will be killed. Again, why, Lindsay? Because it's as plain as the nose on your face... That young newspaper reporter, Phil Richards, and his girlfriend, Della Parker, are committing these murders. Oh, really? Well, thanks for the information. But tell me, what evidence have you to support that story, Lindsay? 
the evidence of what I suppose is millions of dollars in dope that I found concealed in our uptown warehouse. The only people who could have concealed it there are my secretary, Della Parker, and her fiancé, that newspaper reporter. They're the only one. It's a beautiful story of true, Lindsay. Especially from a man who's been on the scene in suspicious circumstances of two murders. I don't care where I was. I'm telling you the truth, Inspector Hearthstone. I... All right, Lindsay. I'm going to do a funny thing. Detective Cook. Sam. Yeah, Inspector. Take the handcuffs off, Lindsay. Release him. No charge. What? Release him? That's what I said, Sam. Release him. You may go, Lindsay. But remember, you may be watched. You're letting me go. I have my reasons. Show Mr. Lindsay out, Sam. And in the meanwhile, Della Parker and Phil Richards are walking along the dark street where Phil's mother lives. And Phil is saying, I think you were imagining things, sweetheart. Nobody was following us. But just to settle you down, I got the idea of slipping through one door of that restaurant and out the other. Phil, I'm worried about you. What was that strange thing you said was in those notes of your editor, Martin Bayard? Oh, I'm about to be your wife, darling. We shouldn't have secrets. Please, dear. I think Bayard went nuts before he was killed. His notes say a woman was in the dope racket with Lindsay. And who was the woman, Phil, darling? Oh, but come kiss me first and then tell me. I tell you, Bayard, big city editor or not, was nuts. <laughs> it was you, Della. You. Give me those papers, Bayard. Give them to me. Della. God forgive me, it was you. I'll give you nothing. God help me, you a murderess. A murderess. And the queen of dope, too. Now give me those papers. Not this side no. of... <laughs> you killed me. And good... Now for those papers. Here they are. And now into this sewer with them. And the gun. Help! Help! Murder! Murder! Help! What's happened, lady? My fiancé's been killed. I was afraid of this. Oh, take me to a phone officer. I must call Inspector Hearthstone. Hearthstone of the desk squad? Yes, he's working on the case that led to this murder. Well, you can use this police phone right here, miss. I'll get him. Hello? Officer Blake reporting a murder. Give me Inspector Hearthstone. See you, man. Inspector Hearthstone, this is Della Parker. That terrible man, Lindsay, has just murdered Phil Richards. And a few minutes later, we find an hysterical girl, Della Parker, confronting Inspector Hearthstone. And I keep on saying, Inspector Hearthstone, you're responsible for Phil's murder. You knew a desperate gang of dope peddlers was after him, and you failed to protect him. I'll never live long enough to forgive myself, Della. <laughs> should have done something. Recriminations won't get us anywhere, Della. All we can do is help each other. And when I bring Phil's killer to justice, I hope you'll find it in your heart to forgive him. <laughs> Steady, my dear. First thing is, did you actually see your employer, Lindsay, shoot down Phil? It was dark, but I'm sure it was Mr. Lindsay. I'll swear it on the witness stand. And I'll swear, too, that you were the cause. Please, my dear child, forget your feelings toward me for a minute. I only ask you to help me. Do that first, then hate me all you like. 
I'll understand and forgive. How can I help you, Inspector Hostel? Detective Cook, bring Lindsay in. Come in, Lindsay. Don't try any tricks. I wasn't near that reporter, Phil Richards, when he was killed. Detective Cook is mad. Here are some reports from our narcotics squad, Lindsay. Read these letters. They're tips written into narcotics, putting three known dope czars on the spot. And you are one of them. I don't know anything about them. They're, uh, they're typewritten. They were written on the typewriter in your office. And here is a confidential report to narcotics from the murdered city editor, Martin Bayard, the man Phil Richards worked for. What does it say? It says a woman is the head of your dope ring. And don't deny you were operating one, Lindsay. That woman was Mr. Lindsay's wife, Inspector Hearthstone. That's possible, Della. It's a lie, Inspector Hearthstone. My wife had nothing to do with dope. Watch what you're saying, Lindsay. Your wife may be the woman. It's not my wife. She's not the killer. This girl, Della Parker, was the brains. She worked the whole thing. She used my messenger service to pass dope. What are you saying, Mr. Lindsay? Inspector Hearthstone, isn't it enough that Phil Richards is a fine, clean boy who loved me? Oh, Phil, Phil, why should you have been murdered? Because Phil found out who the leader of the dope ring was, who the wholesale murderer was. I begged Phil to stay out of this. And he undoubtedly knew who the woman was who operated the dope ring. She directed the murder to gain complete control for herself. Mr. Lindsay, I'll scratch your eyes out your white shot, Phil! Get her, Sam. Easy now, Della. Sam, now tell us just where you found the papers and the murder gun that killed Phil. Sure. I got him out of the sewer trays near where he was shot. A natural place for a woman to throw them. And you, Della Parker, were the only woman on the scene of Phil's murder. Oh, that's right. Accuse me for your own mistakes, Inspector Hostel. I hope you forgive me for this, Della. I'll not forgive you for anything. Not even for arresting you for murder? Grab her, Sam, and handcuff her. No, no, Della, no. Gag no. Della. Your mistake, Della, was in being a little too clever, too cooperative, too sweet with the unfortunate boy you murdered. Probably the only person who ever loved you. You can't prove that I murdered him, Hearthstone. You'll find I can prove everything, Della, when I present the evidence I have at your trial. You'll prove nothing! And you'll remember this when the dark and eternal door of the execution chamber closes on you. No, no! That's all, Sam. Charge her with murder. And turn Lindsay over to the narcotics division as a dope handler. Okay, Inspector Hearthstone. Well, my only regret is that the man we put to trail this woman and Phil Richards on his murder journey lost them. I was trying to protect Phil from this very thing. And thus, Hearthstone of the Death Squad writes solved in the files of the unheeded warning murder case. The part of Inspector Hearthstone was played by Alfred Shirley and was written by Frank Hummert, directed by Henry Howard, and is a presentation of CBS Radio. Listen in next Thursday at this same time for Hearthstone of the Death Squad in the Lost Wife murder case. 
Here is another CBS radio treat coming up right after station identification on most of these same stations. It's Joan Caulfield and Jeffrey Lynn in Accent on Youth, putting the accent on comedy in your Broadway playhouse. You'll enjoy this modern comedy about modern young folks in hilarious human adventures when you hear Broadway Playhouse, which follows immediately over most of these same stations. And remember, on the CBS Radio Network Fridays, Western Swing is footloose and fancy-free on the Spade Cooley Show. of the death squad in the lost wife murder case at this same time next Thursday night. Your announcer is Art Hanna. This is the CBS Radio Network. case closed for this week don't forget to visit relicradio.com for more case closed and all the other podcasts we have horror science fiction comedy an hour of radio drama with the relic radio show all kinds of stuff available for free thanks to your support like to help out visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of those links on the website your support keeps new shows coming every day thanks to those who have helped out thanks for joining me this week be back next wednesday with another hour of case closed (laughs) 